Life Audio. Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with Trisha and Michelle. We're just two friends reading through the Bible chronologically and encouraging you to do the same. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Bible Podcast, or go to our website, dailybiblepodcast.net. We are going through the one-year chronological Bible, and we have links for that in our show notes and also at our website. And we also have a wonderful group on Facebook. Just look for Daily Bible Podcasts under Facebook Communities. We would love you to come be a part, join with others, share what you're learning, and you could also join the group and then share the podcast. There's little share buttons usually on whatever podcast app. If something encourages you, share it with a friend. We would love for you to do that. And you know what? I found this little gem for our friends today because Mm. I know you and I, Trisha, are pumped like by what we're learning. Like we can't stop reading. We can't stop talking about it. It's like, oh, this is so much fun. But there's probably someone who's listening that's getting a little bogged down in our reading and is like, you know what? This is not that much fun. This is really hard. Mm -hmm. So listen, listen to this quote that I found about why we want to read the Bible. And, um, and so anyway, it goes like this, just as we do not fully know someone upon meeting them for the first time, nor do we fully understand the Lord when we only read bits and pieces of his story, studying or reading the Bible chronologically will help bring clarity to his character and provide a more full comprehension of who God Mm -hmm. is. So on those hard days, just remember, you're getting a little bit more piece of the puzzle, a little bit more piece of the story to start putting things in place and to hopefully in the end, see a better picture of who God is and go, oh, this, this is the God that I'm worshiping. So just a little bit there to help prod you on and keep you going. Okay, so today we read Jeremiah 8 verses 4 through 22, Jeremiah 9, Jeremiah 10, and Jeremiah 11. All right. Jeremiah 8 continues with the prophet's condemnation of Judah's idolatry and sin. So through Jeremiah, the Lord expresses his amazement that Judah would not return to him. He's like, why? Why aren't you returning to me? Um, Jeremiah laments Judah's pride and stubbornness and not repenting. He uses the metaphor of a harvest past, symbolizing the missed opportunity for repentance. And this chapter ends with Jeremiah lamenting over the wounds of his people And he has profound grief for Judah and Jerusalem. He says, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no Mm. physician there? Jeremiah not only sees the hurt of his people in exile, but he doesn't see any help for them, which he's just lamenting. This is why he's called the weeping prophet. He is pouring out all his emotions. And in chapter nine, Jeremiah wants to leave the people and go to a desert to lodge and mourn alone. He's just like, I just want to leave <laughs> these people. I'm done. He's done. And he laments <sighs> their treachery, their adultery, their lies, dishonesty. And Jeremiah warns Judah that God will refine and test them for their evil. And it also condemns people's false wisdom. And it says, true wisdom is knowing and understanding God. He was kind and just and righteous. And I love this, um, Jeremiah. And I just love how there's like just these wonderful verses in the midst of all this. I'm tired of you people. Um, so Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24 says, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful mm-hmm. boast in their power 
or the rich boast in their riches, but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken exclamation point at the end of that sentence. So God also says that he will punish Judah for the idolatry and lawlessness and Judah's cities and land will be destroyed. And again, Jeremiah laments the devastation and mm-hmm. impending doom. But I love that. I love that this is what God wants us to know or what wants us to boast in, that they truly know me, know God, and understand mm-hmm. that he is the Lord. And that's really like when you said we get a glimpse going through the chronological Bible of God's character. That's really what stood out to me. God just wants mm-hmm. us to know him, mm-hmm. to know him. And understand that he is the Lord and to boast in that. So that was really good. And I love how he finishes those those sentences that are those verses that you just read with, I, the Lord, have spoken. And he says that so many times. He has mm-hmm. said that so many times to the Israelites. But he's really saying, we're hearing it all the time right now as the prophets are telling people what's going to come. What's going to come? I, the Lord, have spoken. So, you know, I mean, I cannot, I do not tell a lie. It will come true. I, the Lord, have spoken. Mm -hmm. And just such, such strong words there. And such strong words in the fact that he loves his people so much. This is what he wants. That's strong words too. It's, it's strong in a different way. It's strong with love Mm -hmm. and strong with grace and strong with mercy. Well, yesterday we talked about idols. Uh, and today we continue to look at the destruction that idolatry causes. God has said for generations, do not act like those other nations. I mean, he has said that from the very beginning, do not act like those people. Like, don't even look. Well, one of the reasons is because their gods are like helpless scarecrows in a cucumber field. I've never seen a scarecrow in a cucumber field. <laughs> That's a really good word picture, though. And so I was just like, helpless scarecrows in a cucumber field. Huh. He he says that people who worship idols are stupid and foolish. And the Lord who made the earth by his power reminds Israel that he is no idol. He has breath and he has power. He is the Lord of heaven's armies. So Israel, pack your bags because the coming destruction is near and you're moving out. Mm. But then Jeremiah pleads. Jeremiah prays in the voice of someone in during the Babylonian invasion to come. Like you can just hear the pain and the distress in his prayer. He's like, my home is gone. No one is left to help me rebuild it. My children have taken, have been taken away and there is no more. Jeremiah captures the despair, the shock, the loneliness of those who are going to endure the severe season of judgment. So correct me, Lord, but please be gentle, he's saying. Do not correct me in anger, for I will die. He's knowing that the great judgment to come was directed by God. And Jeremiah appealed to God for his mercy. He knew that Judah must be corrected, but asked for God to show mercy and to not destroy his people. And that just shows you, it just shows you the compassion of Jeremiah too, because these people are like putting him in stocks and beating him and mocking him, all these things. And he's like, 
have mercy on them and don't destroy them completely. Just like Moses said the same thing after all those grumbling people. Like, that must be from the Lord. Because I don't know. It would just get old after a while. It would get really old. I mean, no wonder he wanted to find a desert cabin somewhere and like mm-hmm. hibernate for a while. Yeah. Desert go, cabin. Okay, God, so... I just need some time. Yeah. We all need, need a desert some cabin sometime to get mm-hmm. away. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do too. <laughs> okay. Well, we need to take a break here and uh, we will be back with the word of the day right after we hear from our sponsor. Stay tuned. Okay, so the word of the day is blush. Hmm. Hmm. Which blush means to show shyness, embarrassment, or shame by becoming red in the face, especially by modesty or confusion or shame. Now, when I was little, I blushed all the time. I blushed at everything, like every, and I hated it. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, really, what is wrong with you can, me? You can really tell what you're thinking though, Michelle. You're like, yeah. I- I know you cannot hide it. Like I'm I, like I see him like oh she's having a good day. Oh she's not having a good day. What's going on? What's going on? Like I could tell so easily. I think you're blushing. Like okay, so we're also on YouTube. If you didn't know that, go see Michelle blush. Yeah, literally, I'm sure, she's. I'm sure I probably am right now. You are. You are. <laughs> Ever since I was a little kid, and I can I can somewhat or maybe maybe I still can't control it. Maybe it's just that no one you can't control it. it. And, I can somewhat like get through it now, but oh, that was awful. And um, anyway, so Charles Darwin back in 1872 in his book, The Expression of the Emotions in Man and Animals described blushing as the most particular, the most peculiar and most human of all expressions. And I was like, hmm. I have one of those expressions, (laughs) the most peculiar. Also in 2010, Crozier, he's a, I guess, like this famous doctor in the psychological world. He explained it as this, an explanation that emphasizes the blushes visibility proposes that when we feel shame, we communicate our emotions to others. And in doing so, we send an important signal to them. It tells them something about us. It shows that we are ashamed or embarrassed, that we recognize that something is out of place. It shows that we are sorry about this. It shows that we want to put things right. To blush at innuendo is to show awareness of its implications and to display modesty that conveys when you are not brazen or shameless. The blush makes a particular an effective signal because it is involuntary and uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And of course, a blush can be unwanted, but the cost to because of the cost to the blusher or specific occasions are outweighed by the long-term benefits of being seen as adhering to the group and by the general advantages the blush provides. Indeed, the costs may enhance the signal's perceived value. Now, of course, there is no value. When I blush, there is absolutely (laughs) no value whatsoever because I was always teased about it and it gives everything away. But think about this. Think about what I read in regards to the Israelites and this accusation against God's people from Jeremiah 8, 12. Are they ashamed of these disgusting actions? 
Not at all. They don't even know how to blush. Mm -mm. The Israelites, their sin was brazen. Like they were in your face and they were totally opposite from where they came from. Totally opposite. Even other countries knew this. Like think about yesterday, Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted to soften up the Israelites with, with fatty foods and with wine because he knew that they were stiff necked mm -hmm. people. I mean, this wasn't just something that God said they were, he knew it. And, and so all the other countries know this, and yet the Israelites didn't even care enough to blush. They had lost that capability. I want to lose the capability, <laughs> but yet there is something in me that just does not allow that. I don't know. It's, it, you're, it, maybe it's you're, a hill trait. You're, you're humble. You're like, <laughs> I don't know. You, I mean, you're, it's not like you're brazenly out there sinning and not blushing. So I guess right. blushing is better. Right. That's well, yeah. that's true. I mean, in comparison to the Israelites and having yeah. God say, um, you don't even know how to blush anymore. So you, it's not that you're even ashamed. You're not ashamed. Mm -hmm. You don't even see this as wrong. Yeah. And, and sadly I see this in the world around us. Mm -hmm. So just a couple of weeks ago, we were up and near Branson and we went to the beach and I don't think I'm around secular people very much. I go to homeschool conferences. I go to church. <laughs> Most of my friends are Christian. I mean, I, I mean, I do go to the grocery store and interact with people. I do have friends that are non-Christian, but even the ones that are not Christians. They just kind of watch their tongue around me. I think, I don't know, because I was at the beach and my kids were swimming in the water and I was laying there and the cussing that was happening. I had this rant on mm -hmm. Facebook about it. Cause like everyone was just, every word was the F word and they were cussing like as part of the conversation, like this is the most common thing to talk about. And I was just looking around and looking at people like, and you know, usually when people are cussing next to you and you kind of like look at them shocked, they're like, Oh, sorry. And no, they, they didn't care. They weren't even paying attention if I was like looking at them like there's children here. Like, why are you? And they were cussing at their kids and kids were cussing and teenagers were cussing. I was like, what's good? And then what people were wearing. I'm like, okay, that was like behind brown paper in magazines racks when I was growing up. And now it's on the beach and the cussing's on the beach and that they were joking about sexual acts on the beach I was just like sitting there like looking around and it but it reminded me of this like these are things that when I was growing up and I'm 52 I'm not that old like but this would have made people blush if they had cussed mm -hmm. in public if they wore certain things in public if they acted a certain way in public it would have made them blush only a generation ago so it's just I mean to me it's a sign that our generation's even getting more hard-hearted and there's little video clips all the time and you go to in any little video clip there's like cursing you can't even watch anything it seems like because people aren't blushing they it's just like common now and the israelites were that to an extreme now they're worshiping idols and doing all these things and they're not even blushing but it's sad when you see just in one generation how much things have changed and to know that you know the israelites it's just continuing to get worse until god's like enough i'm going to destroy you you're going into captivity yes there'll be a remnant but you don't even blush anymore. We got to take care of this. We have to do something about it. And it's, it's sad that they just don't know. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not that they're just ignoring God. Cause they're like, I have something else better to do. Oh, but there might be a prick in their conscience. There is no prick in their conscience, which 
unfortunately, we're seeing some mm-hmm. of that in the generation today. And I'm sure there were even some signs of that in, you know, the last generation and the last generation, but we're seeing more of it come out. And so I guess that's kind of showing us maybe just a little bit of what life mm-hmm. was like back then and why God is like, you don't even know how to blush. And that's a really bad thing because you don't care. I mean, that's that's kind of what that's saying is yeah. you don't even care mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-mm. And so I have to take you out. I have to show you what what you have done and <sighs> sadness. Yeah. Sadness ensues. It's hard. Yeah. That's hard. That's a that's an interesting word though, blush. I'm glad that you pulled that out of there. I would have probably like skipped all over that. Um, <laughs> but I love, but we need we do need to show shyness or embarrassment or shame when we're doing what we mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So that's so good. M- Michelle. Yeah. Would you like to pray for us about your word blush <laughs> and blush while you're praying? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody t- go to YouTube right now and see if Michelle's turning red. You are actually. <laughs> I probably am. <laughs> you just have to mention it. Oh, Father, we come before you today and we just fall on our face. We thank you that you are our God and that you love us so much that you went through all that you went through. Mm -hmm. We thank you that Jeremiah went through all that he went through because it was a lot, Lord. And, and it, and it was even more for you to go through Mm -hmm. that and see your people, the ones that you created and you loved just reject you and, um, and reject the way of life that you had asked them to live. And it really wasn't that hard. Father, I just pray that as we go about life, as we go about our lives today, Father, that you would um, bring anything that we, any, any way that we are sinning, any way that we are ignoring you, any way that we are going against your law and who you are and what you have asked us to do, that you would, you would prick our conscience. You would cause us to blush. Mm-hmm. Father, not that I want to ask for more blushing, in our society, but maybe we do need to stop and think. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would give us um, more of a conscience and you would cause us to care more deeply about the things of you, to really care deeply about the things of you. We thank you, Father, that you love us so much that you want to bring your people back and that you will bring us back at any cost. And that's what you are showing us here. So thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sending you off with some daily encouragement to get into the word and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, if you don't have the one-year chronological Bible that we are using, we have links to that Bible in our show notes. You can even find it in the Kindle format. Also in the show notes is a monthly and yearly schedule of the Bible reading plan that we are following. So tomorrow we are reading Jeremiah 12, 13, 14, and 15. So Jeremiah 12 through 15. And I want to take a second here to thank the team at Life Audio. You would not be listening to Daily Bible Podcast without their partnership. Go to lifeaudio.com and you're going to find great podcasts, great Christian podcasts that are going to inform and strengthen your walk with God today. That's lifeaudio.com. And we will see you here tomorrow. Bye-bye.